Okay, Funk Flex, Diddy's here. Yes, yes. How are you, my brother? I'm blessed. Can't Stop, Won't Stop is amazing. Thank you. Congratulations to you. Thank you very much. Love your vibe. You kept that a little under wraps. Yeah. Until, because uh, I didn't know that, that when you were on the tour, mm. that that's what you were doing. But amazing. Mm. And it, it strike me to think of something. Now, Bad Boy Records, how many records has Bad Boy Records sold collectively? We like to do it like this. Between the records that we touched, as Bad Boy, as the Hitman, as the artist. Oh, that's a, that's a, you know what I'm saying? A, I mean, we, we have to get ours, and that's that's over a half a billion records worldwide. You said a half a billion. Yeah, yeah. And we, and we talking about singles, albums, anything that's moving over the counter. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we did that. So it's a, it's a half a billion. That's a lot of records, my yeah. brother. You know, so um, when, when you think of those things, because look, we know currently, I mean, between Ciroc, you're moving billion Not cases. Ciroc boys, Ciroc girls out there, yeah. I mean, they see us. They yeah. see what it is. Your own network, which is Revolt. Yes. The label situation is at epic. But you know what's so crazy? Right? You know what's so crazy? Not to interrupt you. The only black majority owned out of all 1,000 stations that's up there, there's only one. That's um, BT is owned by Viacom. Yes, you know correct. Now it used to be black owned when. Yeah, that was back in the day. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Johnson. Yeah, and it's, and it's no and, and, yeah, and it's no problem with him selling it. You know, he uh -huh. gave birth to cashed out. Yeah, cashed out as he should, and gave birth to revolt. But it's it's just so we have all these stories, and we run this culture, and we only have one station. And, and I want people to understand that's revolt. You know, Be clear, support it. Be clear. Look at Diddy today. <laughs> hot. <laughs> it's nice to be hot. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of so. I mean, so all the, I mean, currently, I mean, you touch so much. You know, and we, and we went through that. And I know when, let me see, I met you. Well, I knew of you. I mean, of course, 88, 89. But I, I think I, I met you in 90, right? But Uptown, and I know, I know this many a times, I know the intern thing and everything started. Is that the only place you tried to intern at first was no. Uptown Records? No, actually, I interned at WBLS. When? Under Francesca Spiro. Wow, I never knew that. Back in the days when they were doing those concerts, when Guy was just popping. Right yeah. My first job was to hold Teddy Riley's keyboard, and I was just, I, I was I was beyond overjoyed. It was a dream come true. I remember going to the payphone, calling my mother. Yeah, I majored myself. I'm 60, y'all, and I look this good. Okay, there was payphones. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it is like, you know, just the whole Teddy Riley's keyboard, anything, the towels, anything to get in the game and understand, you know, how to service artists backstage and, you know, just, just to see the inner so you, of the So game. you were doing this for BLS at the time? BLS, and I was begging. Francesca was I, a curvy I, one at the time. Yeah, Francesca Spiro. <laughs> God rest her soul. Um, you lying. Yeah. When did that happen? Yeah, that was like two and a half. You're kidding ago. me, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. God, God rest her soul. Oh, rest in peace, yeah. to her, man. Good lady. Very good lady, and she used to work at Def Jam. So I was like, you know, hook me up with Def Jam or, or um, Andre Harrell. You know, those are the two places I would like to be. And then I, I had, I, I got a meeting with Leo 
for an internship. What year? I need a year, bro. Ah, uh, man, it, this was like 91. Okay, this 90. is b before Uptown. Y yeah, yes, this was before Uptown. So before 90, you were at Uptown. So this had to be 80, 89. True. Right? Because True. you were at Uptown yeah, yeah. by yeah. 90. Because 90, we was in the club together. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it could be 88, 89. 89. And... So the day I walked in Leo's office, he happened to be having an argument on the phone with Run. And so I'm like, Priceless. I'm like, if he's yelling at Run like this, like, what is he going to be saying to me? I'm like, I'm with it. But I'm like, yo, this is. I ain't ready this for is, it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, I was isolated. You know what I'm saying? Like my, between my mother and grandmother, I wasn't around like, you know, mm. like, like, you know, just even in general, you know, men on men conversations so that level of bass in the voice i was like yo what I, the I, fuck yeah i don't know my mom my were you mom, in the hallway were you in his office i was in the office yeah i was in the office does leor remember that day you ever I, brought I, it up to him i brought it up to him you don't remember passing. yeah he don't remember that day yeah leor could have me Def Jam so you came so th at this time you're living in mount vernon yeah i'm living in, in vernon i'm living in mount vernon Okay, now, Francesca Spear, rest in peace, of course. Then now you, you get to Lior, yeah, Cohen. Get, get to so Lior. you're at the Rush offices, not even Def Jam, yeah, the yeah, Rush that office. Rush downtown. Mm -hmm. yeah, and that, on, that office was amazing, bro. Amazing. There was so much the, the action vibe. going on in there. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like, it was, you felt like. Hip hop. Oh, it was amazing. From the from the parking lot to the walk up, there could be a fist fight out there at any minute between some rappers and some DJs. It was crazy. And Queens was running it. Oh yeah, <laughs> between yeah. Queens between Jam Master J and LL, they was running it. But it was just like they would have, they they would have. What did Leora ask you? Um, he, he, just, he, he asked me what I wanted to do, and I said, you know, I want to just like kind of work for free and learn. And he was just like. He went on with his argument. He was like, I got to talk to you later. Talk to the guy in the mailroom. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, 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 did, that didn't work out. But it, it, um, when, when I met Andre, did, did, it, was, it was more my style. You know what I'm saying? But did, it, did, did the death yeah, they, came over change? Did, nah, nah. did it make you more aggressive for it? Did it, give, did it feed you like, and, and make you want it more? See, I wasn't in the old English. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I wasn't in the old English. I was in the Champagne and, go, and going to Bentleys on the weekend, okay. having a job, okay. getting. A, you know what I'm saying? So when I got to Uptown, that's what they was about. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 Moets and silks and linens. So you, you know what I'm saying? You like, were in so, your zone. Yeah, so I was in my zone over at Def Jam, and I would have had to have on some fatigues and some OE, and it, that just wasn't me. Wasn't you? So once I got a chance to be at home, when I got to Uptown, I was at home. Guy was there. We always jabbing. Jabbing. That's a that's a running joke between Def Jam, Bad Boy, and Uptown. You know, like, I remember. Like, like you know, who was the, the flyest and who was the grimiest. Because, you know, Leo used to say, we don't want that, none of that shiny stuff, none of that commercial stuff. We hardcore. I'm going to tell you what Russell used to say. <laughs> it's a joke. He used to say, colored, the colored people, <laughs> he used to say, the colored people over Uptown. I remember, Russell, don't act like you ain't say that. Because I heard you say it. Sorry, I didn't mean to blow you up. Anyways, okay. Shout, so Shout out to Russell. Shout out to Leo. But, you know, I, I, was, I just wanted that opportunity. I was about to go to Howard University, and I just wanted to, to see if I could get a place I could come and you know, kind of work and learn on the weekends, and I got mm -hmm. blessed through Heavy D to get an opportunity to meet Andre. So you met Heavy Kansas. first. I met. I mean, I stalked Heavy D. You stalked him. The pizza shop he used to go to. I used to like kind of walk up and down his block just in case his car drove by, and clean, I could like, yeah, clean, nice room, <laughs> yeah. like that, like that. Yeah, the pressure, yeah, the hustle, pressure. Was real. 
<laughs> and then it just got to the point where I knocked on his door. He was like, okay, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm going to make the call. And he set up the meeting for me. So that was his, was that Heavy D's first time meeting you or he knew, knew no, you already? Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. He met me because I, I was kind of like, you know, persistent. every way persistent. So he met me and he knew of me. But when I came to his house, he was like, okay, this, this, is, an, this is enough. Right? It's not going to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going too far. Let me, let me get Dre on the phone. And then so you met Dre. The internship starts. Mm -hmm. um, what was the first group you worked with over there? First group I worked with was Father MC. Now let's describe the climate at the moment. This has to be eighty nine ish. Yeah, eighty nine ish, I mean, right? Yeah, it's crazy. The Fresh Fest is just Fresh ending, Fest in, in, ending up. You have New Edition, Bobby Brown. You have Happy Show. Hot. You have like that that whole time. Guy you have, you have, you have smoking. Guy, guy Dougie Fresh. You have like all of that happening at one time, mm -hmm. you know. Absolutely. So it's so now this is like this is when this is the era of what did New Jack swing? It's yeah. kind of in it's it's kind of in its thing. The height of the crack era. Yes. <laughs> you know yes. what I'm saying? Willie Burger. So, so, you know, Willie Burger. Hunts you know Point I mean? is. It's is is busy. It's, it's crazy from my man from from Peter Chu to Jesus to Poe. Peter Chu, love to, baby. To, to same gang, you know what I'm saying? Best out is it's heavy. I want you know what? You brought up Poe. And I wanna take I wanna take this time because um I I, I don't wanna say apologize, but I have a different look at Poe. I was a little harsh on him, right? Maybe um a couple weeks ago, and I used the word snitch. And I saw his son, you know, post something. And his son posted, you know, whatever you, no matter what you may say about my dad, he's a great dad to me. And I, uh, I thought about it after I saw that. And then, you know, at the time, I remember when Poe got locked up, you know, it was all good. When I say all good, meaning just amongst people. And then I noticed over the years, you know, that word snitch started to be used, but it wasn't used at the time when it was happening. It's just that society had changed on how they viewed that type of movement. And I reached out to his son and I said, you know, I want to meet your dad. I want I want to meet him. I said, not, not for the radio or anything. I don't want to like talk when I'm on the radio, but I, I want to I'll meet him. So his son is setting that up, which I appreciate. And his son makes music, and I just felt that I just loved on Father's Day what his he wrote about his dad. It made me have a little different turn, so I'm excited to meet him. I just want to bring that up to mean inter, in, interrupt you. Yeah, no, Did he? no, no problem, man. Okay, so you just described the climate. Now, when we get to uh, ninety, right now we're in the, we're in the nineties. So then there's, uh, I remember you being a very not just big party promoter but i remember your your energy and your enthusiasm and it was it wasn't i didn't see as many people who loved the clubs like you loved it like you had that mm. shout out to jessica rosenbloom because that, yeah. that's how i met you yes yes and and that's how i met you and i remember a lot of people may not notice but i, I basically between me and jessica was really running a light nightlife in new york absolutely 100 percent. You know, early 90s you know and this is during a time when you have to go against board the mayor's trying to shut down hip-hop clubs and we're like really fighting for the culture absolutely. of the clubs to the point where we were able to have peace in the clubs if there was a fight i could get on the mic and be like y'all know we ain't gonna have a place to go next week the fight would stop you know what i'm saying or you know just knowing the different crews or gangs and just was able to have have like one of the longest runs between daddy's house and the tunnel that really I think really 
gave birth to that whole next level Absolutely. of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Because we was all in that was Daddy's house. Together. Was Daddy's house your first endeavor? I don't. I felt like you were doing parties before Daddy's house. You were doing like one offs. Daddy's house. Da Daddy's house was it. I did a couple of one offs with with Jessica, and it would be. Um, you know, um, some things with like video music box and yes. you know what I'm saying, just some new little spots that was coming up. But like the big endeavor when we was putting like four thousand people in the house a night, and you was DJing, and you know Tribe was on stage and Busta and John and, 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 and you know Madonna started coming to the clubs. It was and mean. It, every movie star, and it was just it was just hip hop that 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 overall clash that you know Fire Five Freddy taught us how to do. I want to uh, explain the Red Zone to you. You know. Because you heard about the tunnel, you gotta hear about it, the red zone. Because the red zone was an energy. Well, I wanna give you the I wanna give you the whole the whole experience. The first night was being promoted. Kid Capri was there the first night. Kid Capri used to be on WBLS every day at seven o'clock. And I heard him say, I'm gonna be at Daddy's house tonight with it was Puff Daddy at the time. And he may have said Jessica, and I went down there. This is how I met Jessica. I did not know Puff yet. This is 1990 going into 91. So the experience was amazing. There was an upstairs where Diddy would spend some of his time and the celebrities would party up there for a little while, and then everybody would come downstairs. Kid Capri was the house DJ at first. Kid Capri went on tour. Am I saying this right, Pop? Yes, yes. And then Clark Kent took over with DJ Triple C. Mm -hmm. Triple C throws a 40-ounce bottle in the crowd. Now, Triple C was next up yeah. as a DJ. Like, he was talented. He was great. He threw the bottle in there. I said to Jessica, please talk to Pop. <laughs> And I remember, I want to, I want to, Puff has not changed. I remember I would come in every time and talk to Puff. Puff would give me about 45 seconds. And if you don't keep his interest, he's on to the next. Right? <laughs> but I, I respected that. And I think one time I said, Puff, am I in next week? You said, no, you're not in next week. You're in the week after. Don't have to ask me no more. I said, okay. No, nah, but I respected it. Wait, so I'm playing in there that night, the night that I did get a chance. I don't know if you even remember, Puff. I, I, I studied it. And I, want, I knew if I played some records that weren't normally played in there, I could get your attention. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to really mix this up. I played for about 10, 20 minutes. Puff sent me some Moet. I never had Moet before in my life, and I acted like I had it before. Then from then on, when I did play, I'm going to tell you what I learned from Puff. Puff would say, it'd be a certain record. Like, I could play King T. And he'd go, let's go from here. <laughs> <laughs> and then I knew that meant, yeah. don't bring the energy down. Because I never understood what he meant with that, yeah. like, what, what people meant by that, like, go from here. That meant, okay, we're going to go here, and the, the energy's never going to come down from there. We're going to go up here. Shout to Butt Naked Tim Dog. Yeah. Because he would rock the mic until yeah. about midnight, and then Puff would come down. But for people, unfortunately, there's not a lot of video. Um, Ralph yeah. McDaniels has a lot. Mm. But watching you say, Jodeci's upstairs, and you got to see this little piece of video, but 
and a tribe called Quest and and you because you were saying that that night, um, it was amazing to see to watch it now and to see how much you were at the pulse then of mm-hmm. what was what was cracking. You know, I wasn't surprised by your success later on. You know, that club is is an unspoken club that was an amazing club. Very influential too. Records broke out of there. Like it would be and if you was getting dropped from your label and you had something going that club, you was good. Like you you was gonna get your budget open. Like it was it meant something in there, bro. It was like it, it did did that help you cultivate bad boy? It um because you had the shirts it, it, what, what, in there. What, yeah, what, it, Rest what, in peace to he made the he was making the shirts. D Ferg, D Ferg, which is uh, ASAP Ferg's Ferg. father. Yes, yes. So uh, same gang. Same gang. Same gang was my crew, and we was all in there heavy. Yes, yeah. That, that was the thing about um about the red zone about Daddy's house is that it was it was it was more Harlem. You know it what I'm saying. Was. The tunnel was Brooklyn, you know Heavy what I'm saying? Brooklyn. You know, and just being from like like Harlem was in there closer and, and deeper. And at the time, Uptown was considered Harlem and BX. Yeah. So if you Without said yeah, yeah. Uptown's in the house, because BX never got shouted. You got <laughs> blended into Harlem because you didn't have. I'm from there. We didn't have enough juice. We weren't hot yet. We didn't have enough. We were getting our lights turned off a little bit. You know that was that was key. So. I remember, so DeFerg had the shirts. I remember you had the bad boy shirts, yeah. but you didn't have the label yet. Yeah, right? yeah was that I, already I, a concept? Yeah, I, I was doing. I was kind of really kind of doing the pre promotions for the label to to get a label deal. Okay, yeah. so I was okay. just trying to get hot out in the street. So you were working at Uptown. Yes. Now, I heard a story that B, Notorious B.I.G. because at the time he was Notorious or he was Biggie Smalls yes. at first, yes. right? And then there was another, yeah. he couldn't clear that or something, yeah, right? Yeah, because, you know, on Saturday Night Fever, um, Sidney Poitier and Bill Cosby have a Biggie Smalls. And so they ha- kind of had it trademarked and they, they didn't really want to get it. They didn't want to come up. Did you reach out to anyone from that camp to get it? Um, to try? Yeah, I, yeah, but I didn't really know anybody at that time. I was just starting out. So, you know, they got turned really down. Say, yeah, we got turned down. So then it changed to Notorious B.I.G. But yeah. I remember he was saying, still saying Biggie Smalls on yeah, the yeah. records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, we, we just had to make sure that, you know, on the album it said that. But, you know, we, st- we still ran with Biggie Smalls. Now, I had heard that Biggie had gotten dropped from Uptown because there was a part in Dreams. And I think at the time it wasn't called Dreams. I think it was called Four One One Remix. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I could be wrong. And he said something about Patty Labelle. <laughs> I, I, I always, he said something about Patty Labelle in in Dreams of Fucking an R&B Bitch. And Patty Labelle was on MCA at the time, and her camp and her management had went to the label, and that's why Biggie got dropped. Is that true? Um, no, nah, that's not true. Biggie didn't get dropped. I got fired. Okay. So when I got fired, um, you know, they didn't know how to handle something. They didn't so know so that him saying anything about Patty Labelle was never, never, nothing ever, ever said. No one ever brought it up. No, nah, no, nah, we didn't. I mean, they didn't, they didn't bring it up to me. You know, I, I guess I got fired around the same time. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, 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 so but, no, no, nah, nah, it, it, it was too it much. It could have, it could have. It was, you got to understand, Big, it was too much for them. Nobody, nobody could have handled Big but me. It wasn't like, like some executive. It wasn't like, it wasn't like Craig Cowman. I love you, Craig, but Craig couldn't handle Big. He said, I'll probably you go to jail saying? for fucking Patty LaBelle. <laughs> Bro, I thought it was a fly line. 
it, it got crazy. I thought it got crazy after that. Yeah, yeah. Nah, it was just, you know, they, they gave me a choice. You know, what was the I, choice? When I had left it, you know, um, if I want to, I could take the, the acts with me because they were invested. They didn't really hear the music like that yet. And so, um, you know, it was really up to the artists, but they were like, they're not going to leave the artists out there because the artists had a binding contract mm -hmm. also. Both, so both Bad ways. Boy originally was through Uptown MCA. Yes. That was going to that was gonna as happen. A, as a production deal on a real minuscule level. Got you. you know? And Biggie and Craig Mack was already, you had those artists. Signed directly through Uptown, but through my production deal, which you mean, that, you know, at the end of the day, don't, don't really mean like they signed. You're not going to get late. that weight. Yeah, you're not going to get that weight. Okay, so then, now you, I don't know if you remember calling me. <laughs> I, I guess, yeah, I, like you called and you didn't, you said, hey, I'm sending Biggie, because it's the first freestyle that I ever got from Biggie and Craig Mack. And you would just call me and you said, I'm sending Biggie and Craig Mack up there. You know, you know, I ain't got a situation, my brother, so you know we're gonna do what we do. <laughs> I said, okay, <laughs> let's do it. Then they came, they freestyled, and I I remember you in that in-between area, mm. and you were the talk of the music industry because you had half of the music industry saying you would never make it without Andre. And there was another half that said, wait till you see where he lands. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, how long did you go in between Uptown and getting a deal at Arista? I'd probably say it was probably a month or three weeks because it was just, it was a bidding war the night, you know, really the next day. I didn't know it was going to be like that. I was, you know, devastated, scared to death. I just had Justin and, you know, I, I, I was living outside my means, above my means in Scarsdale next to the golf course. And in I, the VW, you had a VW drop top. Yeah, and I had moved up to the BMW by this in the Benz. The VW was popping, yeah, though, bro. No, the v, drop, VW, the v, that was the that first was a of the cabriolet. That, I mean, that was a statement. That was that was a real... That was a Harlem Hood that, favorite. That was a real chocolate pretty boy statement. Tough, like, tough. Yeah, 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 it was like, I can't get the... I can't get the joint AZ got, but I got this cabriolet, baby, and I got a real job with some health insurance. Nah, yo, you had the, wait, he had the ball, you had the ball D? The ball D, yeah. Top down, yeah, in top front of the down. clubs, like 5 a.m. Yeah. Crazy, I remember, yeah, bro. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, so then, so then we go from, now we're, you're waiting in between for the Arista, so in between the Arista deal and the Uptown deal, do Biggie and Craig Mack go with you? They're like, we're going with you. Yeah, yeah. When, when I had the, just like in the movie, when I had the meeting with them in both movies, they discussed the day that I came to them because I, I felt bad. I was like, damn, I promised them all of this stuff. I don't even have a job or a label. I don't even know what's going to happen. You, you know, know, that and turns then, out to be the best thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in the movie, Andre, yeah. Andre was like, you know, he didn't fire me to hurt me, he fired me and made me rich. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a true statement. I, I didn't really know my value or worth until you know i was out there but but i still felt bad because i got fired you know what i'm saying i you know I, I didn't represent myself as somebody that had got an opportunity and was respectful of 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 like just a chance and it was was respectful of other people around i felt like i knew it all and i and i just wanted the artist to win and it was just like you know i, I got fired and it was a wake-up call for me and yes i did get to have a chance to go and have success but when when it's almost like when you let down your sensei mm. you know what i'm saying the person that puts you on that's that's the most important thing you know what i'm saying so um you know it, it was definitely like a, a kind of rough and shaky experience you know what i'm saying but that's why you know we i always stayed close to um uptown mm. i still did the mary album still was doing the jodeci stuff and you know 
I want to explain the climate, the bad boy climate of this in between Uptown and Arista. So I want to explain to you a bad boy party. There was no beepers. There was no social media. I want to tell you how this used to work. Puff would say maybe two or three days out that he was throwing a party. I lie to you not. It's three to four thousand. 2,000 in the club, 2,000 in the street. Like, just on the word and the excitement of, you know, I remember you with the street teams in the street. That was very exciting. Even a guy like Jay Black, every piece of bad boy had charisma yeah. and personality, no matter what they did. Um, who did you have doing mix show? Was it June, June Balloon and you had someone else? Super Mario. And, you know, Super Mario was always cocky and confident, you know, Harve, like everyone had personality in what they were doing, which I thought was amazing at the time because you had loud records. No, not to take anything away from them, you had loud records and you had Def Jam, but you always felt when you saw somebody or something or the music from Bad Boy, it represented what you were about. Was that the plan? Was that the yeah. plan, or the, was it the, just happening by accident at nah, the time? It wasn't happening by accident. Everything up until now is the plan, the plan that it was. Everything's coming to flourishing. Mm -hmm. Everything is the belief. Everything is the focus on, on working hard. Even, you know, the dream to be able to have somebody wake up. Um, the, 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 the alarm goes on. It's one of your records. They get in the shower. They, 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 they get dressed. They put on some Sean John cologne. They put on some Sean John. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They go to work. They may work at one of the companies, Revolt or Ciroc or mm -hmm. one of the many companies, you know, and, and, and then they go out at night and they get to, you know, buy some of the spirits. They mm -hmm. go home. They get to watch the network. You know, they go to the movies, they get to watch the movies. So it was really about, to me, I wanted to build build and tap into the culture. I always saw hip hop as, as you know, as a culture. I saw like rap music as the music, but I saw hip hop as this evolving culture that was spreading like wildfire all over the world. Cause I was using my passport. A lot of people were afraid to travel because like the ketchup and the food tastes different. You know what I'm saying? Well, and for real, good. people was on like, like, you know, cats, like New I'm one of them, bro. I'm one of them. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going. Couple times you told me, I'm one of them, bro. Yeah, and it was just seeing seeing the opportunity to to understand the economics and what rock and roll and pop acts were getting and how they were getting treated and knowing that 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 this thing wasn't going to go away. Mm -hmm. And and you know, I, I was in, in in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? It's like being. You know, being in the beginning on on Facebook or t or Twitter or Apple. Imagine just being that. That's the way you know you know hip hop and th and that energy felt. I never saw a movement shine as bright. I've witnessed every movement, pop, and I and I say it to people all the time. And sometimes people want to argue me or fight me. And then some, there's a lot of people who agree too. You know, because I love Wu Tang. And the Wu-Tang movement, I had to say, was before you. And it was a very hip-hop uh, street, Staten Island, a lot of records being sold. It was a great and an amazing movement. But it was also a movement I had kind of seen before on steroids, you know, because it was, it, was it was really, really hip-hop records. But I had never seen the hip-hop records with the the gasoline on it like the mm -hmm. the the like it was infectious mm -hmm. it was like 
you see the street team or you see what was going on or see you. I remember a concert where R. Kelly was playing and you weren't on the bill and I was DJing and you just walked in to hang out. And the way people gravitated to you in that energy, I never really, I, I tell you what came close was when, was 50 Cent at his, at his, at his height. Mm -hmm. But I, other than that, I have not seen that type of movement. I had loved that you had picked Craig Mack to be your first because Craig Mack was an artist who he was in a group and he was on Sleeping Bag and he had a great record that struggled and didn't make it. It was called uh, uh, the record went zoom 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 and and I think Diamond, the, a guy named DJ Diamond used to DJ for him, but EPMD was on the same label, so they never got any shine. Mm. And I, not at the time, and I knew you didn't know it, but when you gave me the song, and I think you, I might have been Harv, I don't remember, mm. you, you said it was the first thing, mm. and I didn't say it to you at the time, but you used to ask me why I went so hard on that record. Mm -hmm. And I went so hard because the fact that you reached back for someone from number 80s, that didn't get their just due, mm -hmm. I had so much respect for it, bro. And and I had I had wished, you know, is it Alvin Tony who brought yes. him to you? I saw an interview with Alvin Tony where he had said he wished that Craig Mack would have just listened to you and your ideas and your feel for the music. Was was Craig Mack giving you a struggle in terms of of how to position his album? No, I mean, he's, for me and Craig Mack never really had a problem. He never gave me a, a struggle. I think it was it was outside of music problems, mm -hmm. issues that you know we all face sometimes as human beings. Sometimes people just see us for what we're doing as artists, but mm -hmm. you know, people also have other other issues. And so I think it was some of those other issues that you know. Was this you and him, or just just no, no, not, him yeah, yeah, him yeah, outside of whatever yeah, he was yeah, dealing with? Yeah, yeah. He's from Long Island, correct? Yes, yes. Okay, and um. And, you know, so it, it wasn't nothing like that as far as, you know, between me and him. It was just what was on his plate as a man, you know? Okay. So, now, you you, was, you have Craig Mack. And at the time, Craig was kind of bigger than Biggie, correct? Like, in, when yeah. you got when, out the gate. Yeah, I mean, because that, that flavor in your ear was, I mean, the first time it was really played in the club, you played in it, and you played um, flavor in your ear for hours. The first time I saw it. We was DJ, in the tunnel. Yeah, we... No, was it the Tunnel? Was it the Tunnel? Palladium? No. Nah, it, it was Grand. The, the, the Grand. The Grand. Yeah, no doubt. I, no, I remember that. And it, I'll tell you what I had. It was an acetate. I feel like it yeah. was an acetate. So an acetate. I you just know, brought it in a club and you just played it for like an hour. It, it, the acetate is that heavy. I don't know. It's made of like some clay or some shit. It's nuts. You, you, what is it? It's lacquer. Right? And you can't spin it back and you can't do And I remember the Grand that night. Puff was in rare form. But do you remember the energy? The, it surprised me yeah. when when the record flew on, and I was like, "Oh shit, shit, <laughs> shit! This is, you know, like for me, New York. I used to live for those moments to see you. A record to me comes together after you meet an artist." And he does his thing in the videos out and everything. But when that joint comes on in the club and you can see if everybody's fucking with it or not, 
is an I, 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 never, I never seen nothing like it. I, out of all the records I ever put out, out of it was all, lifting. All it was lifting the building off. It was like something about when flavor in your air. When <laughs> people first heard it, it was like food for their souls. It turned into a spiritual. It church changed experience. the game on that. Yeah, it, it really. I'm gonna tell you all the pieces of that record. Is that Harv? Is that you on the beginning of the song talking? You know, the talk on the front <laughs> was nuts, right? But the ooh, <laughs> like everything, the way it was dropping yeah. was like, it was like 96, 1996 had, or I don't, 94, let me get my years right. It's like 1979 and 1994 uh, came together and had a baby and it's flavoring your ear because the sounds and then the snare knock and then the, there was some dance niggas used to do to that record too that it wasn't even a legitimized dance but they did it when that record came on you know I, like it was I, I don't remember seeing him perform I don't I don't remember seeing him perform a lot yeah I don't remember seeing him perform that record a lot right to, to be to be honest, like he performed the regular lot, but it was both of them ref performing. And to be honest, Big was big. Like like like, Craig Flavor in Your Air came out, and it it had its, its run for like really twenty thirty weeks. But then when Big came, it was just like a, a, another type of personality. And together, them having to work as a team, it was just Big's personality. Was a little bit more, you know, you he's know, a little bigger. He's more flamboyant. Yeah, more flam flamboyant. So, like, so Craig was a better freestyler live on the radio. Yeah, and Big used to be, have trouble with the curses and 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 yeah. and, and <laughs> like and not cursing on, on the radio. But I did. I I don't remember if it was. Remember when you did Flavor in the Air remix, right? Yes. And you put Biggie first. Which is the first time, not first, maybe, yeah, it was first, but it was the first time I had ever seen someone, a remix of someone's song, and they didn't go first, which mm -hmm. which was unorthodox, and mm -hmm. kind of changed the game, because people started to follow the flow. Mm -hmm. Now, did, did was Craig okay with that, that you had put Biggie first on the song? Was he okay with Biggie being first and him being second on the on the I'm song at the be, time? Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, you remember? I'm not sure, because that time, Bad Boy is more of a dictatorship than a democracy. <laughs> I'm just being honest. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, we doing it like this? No, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just keeping it real. So I lived in that video too. I'm DJing in that video. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to just give you, you got it, baby. I just don't want to give you the glossy story about you know keeping it buck. About can't stop, won't stop the journey and the whole thing. I'm telling y'all the times when I was acting like an asshole, losing my mind and not not acting right and got fired, those ups and downs and yes, But you they, knew it needed it though. Yeah. You, you knew what the, what the, what the, yo, you saw me went, yeah, nigga. Yeah, yeah nigga, <laughs> I knew what the brand needed. <laughs> okay, so then that remix, you put Buster. Let me see, Rampage was on that song. LL. LL, LL that, that was one of LL's Brought comeback. Back. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Wait, um, and that's when I managed LL for two weeks. Yo, okay, that's yeah. what I, so you I did manage LL. I managed LL for two weeks. I did, I did like a phenomenon. I did that whole album, the whole nine, and you know he went queens on me <laughs> and disappeared. You know what I'm saying? He just disappeared. He's just like I don't want you to manage me no more. I don't agree. I want to just do this. I think I asked him once, and and I think L got a little mad at me. L was gonna bring it up. I said. I think I saw L someplace, and I said, "Yo, L, you signed the bad boys." Ah, the lines. Oh, sorry, L. Sorry. 
<laughs> you, you know, LL, you know, I know, was was that, was that monumental for you? Even the two weeks. What? what? Like, yo, he used to come pick me up in my house. The doorbell would ring, and I would, no, have, right. I, would I would have to like peek out and be like, hope, go, hope. like, still, even though it was me, I would have to be like, yo, LL is picking me up in the roles. Like, I'm, I'm bugging, because I'm like such a hip hop fan and in love with hip hop, and I'm not afraid to be fans of people and still be there, you know what I'm saying, be their friends. And I was just like, I can't believe like I'm getting this opportunity to, and, and he has so much knowledge, you know, just the time of just us driving around the city, the jewels that he drops, you know what I'm saying? And, and me and him stayed close. I get, he, he got a star in Hollywood a year ago, and I presented him his star in Hollywood. Like, he asked Great. me to present it for him, and I was like, I, LL is asking me to present him his star in Hollywood, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's so crazy. You know, I, I talk to LL probably twice a month. Yeah. And we talk about music. We talk about music, and we talk about, um, this is, but I, had, I text him once. Cause I had to, I couldn't say it to him on the phone cause I didn't want to flex such a fucking groupie. <laughs> so I was like, let me text him when I want to tell him. Yeah. <laughs> I said, bruh, you don't even understand. <laughs> Hanging up the phone yeah. and saying, nah, I was on the phone with LL, you know, because of his successful track record and his way to, re to uh, reinvent himself. And the fact that we're all around the same ages, but LL was successful early at 16. So to watch him from afar um, is and was amazing. I don't know if you know, but LL L was on my my, uh, my my Instagram live and he had shared that he wrote a couple verses for a few people. Uh, he wrote the MC Lights verse on self-destruction mm -hmm. and he'd also shared, which broke my heart, that he wrote a couple things for Run DMC, mm -hmm. which I didn't know. So I was like, uh, he he does give up some jewels, mm -hmm. like uh, like like here and there. And that flavor in your ear was, that was instrumental for doing it. And all the things that came afterwards yeah. Yeah. was was burst because to see LL on that record with the young boys, yeah. and you know i want to say busting they ass kind of he it really made him it made, and then buster went right after so yeah. that you that helped buster a lot too yeah, yeah, put him yeah, on that yeah, record definitely. buster definitely. was the closer at the time you know who really helped rampage oh <laughs> you lit him up <laughs> but Shout it, the rip. <laughs> you, you but it was, it was a hot verse though it was a hot verse I know. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. A, like like because when you first came on you went this better not be whack yeah. <laughs> Damn, nah, this yeah, nah, he killed it. Everybody killed it on that remix, and it's, mm. it's, 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 it's a classic. It's crazy that the remix, you know, wound up being bigger than the record, as big as that record yeah, was, it was. You know, it was cooking. And so it was the start of making remixes even go bigger and further than the record. So at this time, so if you don't mind me asking, so you with, with Arista, and this is not you, Clive Davis. Did Clive Davis, is that the person you sat with to give your vision to get your Arista bad boy situation going? Yes, I sat with every label head from um, Tommy Matola to, um, you know, Clive Davis. What was your second choice if you weren't going to go with Clive? What were you What were you leaning towards? See, Sony was. This was back. This was. This was like you know, and um, like in '94, like like I don't even think you know. I I, I saw a private jet. Sony had a had a fleet of private jets, and, and so they they was dangling the the jet like in front of me, like yo, we'll let you use the jet. We'll give you like you know 
30 hours a year. You know what I'm saying? I was there. I was almost for the ball of it all. I was about <laughs> to sign for the jet. I wanted the jet at 21. You know That's what I'm saying? That's a different animal, bro. But I made them. I did make them fly me around a couple of times to have some meetings just to to see what it felt like. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. Who was over there? Tommy Matola at the time? Tommy Matola. Nigga, you man. got the bread. You had J-Lo. You banging that out. You got that money, nigga. Give me the jet, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now that was so that would have been your second choice. Um, no, nah, I only had one choice really, and that and that, that was that was Clive Davis. Clive Davis. You know what I'm saying? If you don't mind me asking, financially, what was that like? What, what were the M's like? I mean, Can I, I mean, like, are we in the five M, ten M's? We nah, more than nah, that? No, nah, nah, we was we was looking like at um, sixteen, then um, like to know, start four, it off, four, like sixteen four, M's, four and overhead, so it was like twenty. You know what I'm okay. saying? Okay, nice, yeah, nice. It, it was the next one that really changed the game and, and, and gave us and gave us our price. And like Jay even talks about it. Jay was good enough to do the um you know, to, to do the movie even though it was coming out through Apple. Like that was like that was like, okay. that was a real like friend, friendship call, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> he, he has title, title happening. You know Absolutely. And so, you know, he went and really was, was, was able to to explain to people what was really going on. And so, you know, Everybody went crazy when you know when that when the second check hit after the records are selling. Uh, yeah, after we we was selling ten million records on you know life after deaths eight million on. Um, Hov was no shooting a he was shooting a plaque to me every four weeks, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the the first like seven records we put out went platinum. You know. What about the mega plaque? I remember the, yeah, the yeah, they had two plaque. different mega ones. There was a mega one, a baby mega. Yeah. yeah. Then it was the like, yeah. yo, that plaque, yo, let me tell you something, that plaque got me a bunch of other plaques. Yeah, without a doubt. Anybody came to my crib, I was like, well, you, think <laughs> 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 you see what, I'm gonna keep it a buck. We're gonna have the conversation. Death Row, you sent me a plaque after that. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, after yeah, I put yeah, the, yeah. because the, the Bad Boy plaque is on my album volume two. And they, and when I Death put, Row, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Death Row did a bigger plaque. They made sure their plaque was double the size. They had to be, have the biggest oh, record because you, like the, the way you were doing it. Yeah, because the way we put out our joint, and then they came with the joint with the electric chair. Like like three people had to carry it in your office. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. I appreciated it. Yeah, yeah, the stunting that was going on. I keep it a buck, and I wasn't playing none of the records. <laughs> But they was they sent it to me anyway, so it's appreciated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pla <laughs> labels should get back to doing plaques. So when on the re-up, yeah, no, now no, no, what no, are we no, talking no, about on no, the re-up? No, no, how hold, much hold, are we at then? Hold on, that is true, because I ain't going to lie. I seen a couple of new artists get plaques, and it was like one of the first times I really saw joy and accomplishment in their faces. I seen them buy Lamborghinis, I got some chains, whatever. But, you know, I seen some things online of just artists getting like a plaque. And it really like like that means something to an artist. Absolutely, you know? there forever, there forever. So, okay, so now, Clive, you sell the record. You sell you selling a ton of records at this time. What do you have? You have total. Yeah, total one twelve. We have one twelve. You have faith, and 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 all Craig these artists. Mack. Craig Mack, right? So now, Mace, 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 Mace. Yeah, total. Um, uh, uh, Mace was um. It was he. He had an incredible sound, like uh, you know, and Puff is never gonna say this, but I'm gonna say it. 
You know, I heard Mace before he was with you, and I heard Biggie before he was with you. And, you know, I do feel, Pop, that a lot of people don't give you this or mention this, you know, because at the time, there was a lot of lyrical people running around. Mm. There was uh, Lord Finesse, there was Big L, Nas. there was Nas, there was Biggie, and at the time, you know, Biggie was, before he was with you, he was he was in that lyrical yes. bowl. Mm -hmm. And I, I know it comes across in the movie a lot, and and it shows in the movie too where he he fought some of the hooks but the real difference between Biggie and separating him from that was him having those big hooks mm -hmm. made you really listen to his verses you know because on the album you can hear sometimes when the verses go very long mm -hmm. like so yes. one more chance was a remix yeah correct it yeah. wasn't that wasn't the original that wasn't the original that was, that was a remix and if I always want to describe the, the climate right. I remember the Biggie album coming out and people saying in the street it was dope, but it didn't have commercial success yet. Yes. Until the remixes came. Yes. Right? So that was, well, Who Shot You? Which yeah. I think got stripped onto the album later. Yeah. Right? And then One More Chance got stripped onto the album later. Yeah. Now, those songs is what made it go platinum, correct? Yeah, I mean to be honest, Juicy was 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 a big instrumental. Yeah, it was instrumental in that, but but it wasn't like we had something to follow Juicy, and it was like we was really set up. All we had to do was drop another joint, you know, and um, the one more chance remix was, was it. So to a lot of people's the original. To a lot of people that aren't yeah, aware. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not the original. It's not the one that was originally on Ready to Die. Um, you know, it, it was a remix, you know, mm. it was just this the bard sample that I always had put to the side that, um, you know, I got together with Mary and Faith and they did the chorus and, you know, and, and total and it, it just it just really, really, really worked out. And, and to me, the Juicy helped him to understand where his, where his, sound, to go. his sound could go, you know, but but you got to still you still had unbelievable tough, you know, what I'm saying, you know, you know, that was out there. Now, I'll tell you what was rare about that record at the time. People were sampling, but it was rare that someone would sample something that was still on the radio. Yeah. Like, R. Kelly, that song was still on the radio at the time. So then when we heard that, it was like, they sampled it, you know. <laughs> I'm a blow puff up. The what? Yeah. I know what you did. Method Man was the biggest thing at the time <laughs> method man was i want to say is what like 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 a different type of crown holder the yeah, chicks yeah. the everything. music the everything and when i heard that there was a record with biggie and method man i was like nah if meth smart he ain't gonna get on that record <laughs> and it, was it hard to get meth on that record not at all he was ready for battle he was ready, and it, it, now Biggie ain't spank him. No, no, no. But he, no, but, no, he no, but he, held tight. He held, he held strong, it. and that was that was big for Biggie to be on a record with Meth and hold his own. That was a big deal. That was a true. That was a true duet. It was a battle, but at the same time, that's, they really went back and forth and made that a true duet, and that that kind of really even gave birth to Brooklyn's finest. Yeah, that really, really gave Biggie a a. Uh, you put it put him in 
uh, it put him on a place. And it was it was important because also you you had New York hip hop about to be divided because Def Jam and Lior was like yo yo they they you know they over there being shiny. You know what I'm saying? We didn't need to stay hardcore. We need to do, you know what I'm saying? And so then the artists were kind of divided. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, you, there was... What made you go? There was there was a situation... When you with, went with, with the shiny... I'm keeping a buck. When you went with the shiny suits, Puff, I didn't take in anything you gave me. If you told me to wear a plumber's outfit, I was putting it on. <laughs> like, there was nothing... At that point, yeah. like, the heat, the way it was burning... I want, I want to tell you what happens. Just How like, did the just, shiny suit come about? Because it's just like you see right now. When you get a certain check... You start wearing crazy shit. <laughs> you really feel confident in your glitter, your shine, your fit. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, cause, cause it's like, the shiny suits were so raw and hardcore, bro. You can tell me whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and wanted then, to stunt yo, the hardest. You know what's so funny? When it was going on, no one was complaining or stuttering. Nobody. Niggas was like, yo. Niggas wouldn't even say they saw the suit. They'd be like, yo, they, they go down. There they go. Niggas didn't even say anything about the suits. Yeah. It wasn't until afterwards and the wave had passed and and you were on the come up. Yeah. You started to say, oh, this. Did you, but was that your play on it? Was that your, like, you, you looked at it and said, this is what I want to do. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Uh, June, June Ambrose, she was the stylist. And you got to understand, at that time, between us, Buster, she was Buster's stylist. And she was Missy stylist. They we, were shiny we, suit too. We know we were wearing costumes. Um, Missy had on a on a bubble on, on, joint. On, on a bubble joint. Um, you know, Buster on push it where my eyes can see had African garb on. So she was a very creative director stylist, and I just wanted to shine. Mm -hmm. Give me this Levi jean suit and that red glitter, and give me some diamonds and a New York hat, some Air Force Ones. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. You know, I'm I'm ready to just have fun. I want, I want this record to sound uh, like it is. How that's, that, that's how More Money, More Problems sounded. More Money, Problems didn't sound like we had on uh, fatigues, a suit, or we was fresh, or we was trying to be cool or whatever. Money, More, more Problems was like we in the wind tunnel, and we just having fun. And, and, it and gave... That, it gave Jermaine his feel. It gave Jay-Z his feel. You know, it... You know, it, it it gave Nas a feel too because you know when the Hate Me Now came and he was doing the furs, which which you know of course his hardcore fans didn't love, but I did like the growth, you know seeing 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 Nas grow at the time. Hate Me Now, originally Foxy Brown's brother was on that song because I heard a version. Yeah. What, what 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 was Foxy's brother's name? Gavin. Gavin. So I heard that song with Gavin on the hook and 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 Nas and then from what I understand because he had, was sounding so much like you they reached out to you yeah. to get you on the song. Is yeah, that yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it it had his blessing. It wasn't it wasn't like that, you know what I'm saying? It it was that It was dope. Yeah, yeah, it was that, you know, um we would all be in, like like in a 3 block radius in the studios between the Hit Factory between Sony, between Daddy's house, that's all like a, you know what I'm saying? That was all like a three block block radius. So just to get somebody on the phone, mm -hmm. you know, so, so they just called me up and was like, "Come on over," and, and and we did that. You had mentioned earlier. You said Faith and Mary, and I had a conversation with Mary. She came and did um, you know, we do like what you're doing now, which is um, I got a story to tell. We have a story to tell, mm -hmm. and then Mar um, Mary had shared with me 
that she said, you know, she said everything was always great. And she had wished that when you had went to Bad Boy, that she could come. Mm. That, that you know that that's where yeah. she wanted to go and she said that for a second she did have a little bit of a feel of being uncomfortable yeah because faith yeah, yeah she felt like yeah like, no no like no we, faith, we, 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 like we, faith was there and, and she felt like you know because she couldn't come mm. that that faith became your project and she wished it could have been her yeah. did at the time did you know how Mary felt like with yeah, the faith yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, Mary probably didn't say the whole thing because she, because she's so sweet. But you know, we we definitely broke up. We went our separate ways. Over it. Yeah, yeah. O okay, that she didn't she didn't yeah. say that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, we went our separate ways. O over it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she she was just feeling like. You but know, now is this Faith's albums already out at the time, or it you were working on Faith's project? It was coming and and, and was coming I was strong. working on Hush Joint, and she was hearing the joints, and I wasn't. You know, I wasn't thinking like 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 look, look, like look. I wasn't <laughs> I didn't I didn't have my I didn't have my diva master, you know, masters, you know what I'm saying? My my R&B. It's like men, like men, you just you just keep it popping. Man, I was I mean, I guess in the back of my head, but I was hoping it wasn't going to go down that way. So it's almost like men and they, you know, they not So really were you playing that. some of Faith songs for Mary? I mean, they they was coming out the other room, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and they was What was that first one? It was Cooking, bro. Um, the way you used to love me. Listen. <laughs> and Mary wasn't no joke. Front, Hold on, man. Hold on. Front on bad boy and did if you Mary, want. Mary, Mary was like, I'm not fucking with you, B. Figure out what you want to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause you making it too hot over there. Yeah, she, no, she just like, like, what's going on? It's it's like, yeah, yeah, because we brother and sisters, so that's the way we talking to each other. You know what I'm saying? I want to explain Bad Boy at this time. This is ninety-four, ninety-five. R&B records never played in a rap club, ever. I want you to understand that Faith Evans record was one of the first, if not yeah. like in a long time where a, a R&B record played prime time in a rap club. It was Mary J. Blige, Real Love remix, and then Nat King. Yes, yes, Mary J. Blige, Real Love, which was Red Zone time. Yeah, and then Total came, Can't You See. Total, oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. My yeah. order's wrong. Yeah. My order's wrong. Yo, that was, but, oh. When that joint hit. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> Biggie on that front, was slow down, son. You're killing him. Was something I didn't care what happened after that. I'll take it. Harv brought me that. Harv, I remember when he brought me that record. And you know what? I remember whoever brought me a record wouldn't tell me who the artist was till I was there. It'd be like, yo, we got something for you. Then I then I get it. And then I say, who is it? He said, yo, it's so and so and so. I'd be like, who's that? You know, it's tough. Just, you know. And it was a. Uh, uh, amazing moment so you and mary discussed it and put it aside that's how you got back together and worked yeah i mean you know it took us time you know what i'm saying years she, she expressed no no not yet once um like two years okay okay <laughs> but you know um but it wasn't like i mean people were busy people were running around touring and things like that but it was it was definitely if you have a long relationship with anybody you're going anybody you can name you know we don't had our ups and our downs. That's just in any long term relationships. You know, the Mary, the Mary records that you were doing were so, yeah, 
Uh, what's the four one one? My life, all that's like some. Of I remember my best you put work, you put you know? L out. No, I'm gonna tell you what. We, I'm gonna tell the you. The biggest thing I did with Mary was the remix, the 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 six, the the two vinyl remix thing. Oh, I, <laughs> I was I, had, I was ahead of you, bro. That's where I was at. <laughs> okay, okay. Smith and Wesson. Smith and Wesson. But in doing that, at the time, once again showed how you were on the pulse. Because you had Smith and Wesson when yeah. nobody was putting them on these, nothing. These are the acts that nobody's really rocking with. So but they was like, they were scorching yeah, in the street. Scorching in the streets. And you had LL on um with the I Love You. It was like a four song, like double vinyl, which was uh uh you know you 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 always catered to the DJs, mm -hmm. you know, and to the uh and to the clubs and to everything else, and which was amazing. That's, I want to say that's the biggest thing that I that I miss is. Is that the 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 DJs having freedom to actually create an experience? You know what I'm saying? When it came time for like the playlist and all that, a lot of a lot of that and the computers got involved. A lot of things changed. One of the things you left out was when you was at the red zone, and and and, and this is an inspiring story for anybody starting out DJing. You know, so you, you um you know, there's the big room and there's the little room. The little room. Well, I played the little the room. VIP. You know what I'm saying? I he's played so, that for so, weeks. Yeah, yeah. So he's playing the little room, but every week I noticed that the little room was getting more and more and more packed, and that in the little room he was taking way more chances. He didn't have a a, a set program set like everybody now has. They set his program. It was the feeling. So if you ever look at Flex DJ, he he he's looking at the room. He's studying the room. His eyes is like you know is is in in in. And, and it's like those days is gone. It's like, you know, people put the playlist together. The little room was very cool. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And it was just, you, you had to come downstairs because, you know, somebody had an off night. And, you know, I didn't play that for more than 15, 20 minutes because I didn't want to lose the crowd. Oh, wait a and minute. And I said, yo. yo he's giving a gem. We're going to keep it a buck. Okay. We're going to keep it a buck. Man, I forgot that. Yeah. I feel like Lord Finesse. Yeah, yeah. Was Lord, Lord Finesse. Lord Finesse is the DJ. Lord Finesse. Shout out to Lord Finesse. Lord Finesse. Shout out to Lord Finesse. And he was an incredible DJ. He was an incredible this DJ. Night, this night, he was, a, he was a little grumpy and tired. If you need y'all know Lord Finesse, he gets grumpy and tired sometimes. Lord Finesse. I know he's seen you in a long time. Finesse, Love you Lord know Finesse. you get grumpy and tired sometimes. And I think Lord Finesse was playing in a room. And But in Lord Finesse's defense, I noticed that the room was a little bit more money- Orientated a little bit more swag, a little yeah. bit more fur coats than yeah, usual yeah, 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 yeah. that yeah, night. That's that, that's when the big boys was coming. Yeah. So I remember yeah. in reading yeah. the room. So even I didn't do my normal set. I said, you know what? This is a little more groovy. I keep it a buck. There was there was a lot of there was a lot of hustlers in there that night, and I think Lord Finesse was having that issue because the room was a little different than what he was what even I was norm yeah. used to. And I was playing upstairs, and Puff said, I need. I'm gonna need you. He didn't said he said, yo, get your get your shit <laughs> and you're gonna go downstairs. That's when you got me the mo that's yeah, when you yeah. got me the liquor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then and then after you like saved the night. And that liquor though, for him hours. to give me that liquor New York, <laughs> it put such a battery in my back. <laughs> like I was like, I'm gonna but I never wanna take credit from where credit's due. And and I saw DJ Clark Cannon there one night in New York. Yeah. And he played after a DJ that played everything. Yeah. And it was packed. Red Zone used to have a 12 o'clock crowd rush and a 2 a.m. crowd rush. 
and I'm watching Clark, and I want to describe Clark Kent to you. He always had on the freshest leather jacket and the freshest glasses and the freshest new era, and his kicks were always amazing. I'm watching him because I want to see his body language, and Clark ain't even nervous. This guy Triple C's throwing on everything. Clark Kent, is, I, I stole this from Clark Kent. He got on, he played a half hour of reggae in there. And I was like, why the fuck is he doing that? And I'm watching people still come in. I'm watching the hustlers get more liquor from the bar. And then, and after that, Clark Kent goes into, I remember the set like it was yesterday. He goes into the bridge, South Bronx, Cutmaster DC, Brooklyn's in the house. Then he goes into Eric B for president and turn that place upside fucking down. There was in the middle of the room, there was a circle when dancing was as important. And they were going like this. Just like oh, 40 people like, and he's just in his hat and he's looking around and he's like, I'm like, yo, he's murdering this room. Something off clock. Can I take my hat off to you, bro? I'm sorry I bit your routine. I did, but it was an amazing moment. And Lord Finesse, we love you too. And Puff, I appreciate I'm keeping a buck, bro. If I didn't, I want to describe my career when Puff gave me a chance in that red zone. I just got fired from BLS. I was in a place, you know, there's nothing people hate more than a washed up radio DJ. (laughs) There's nothing that attracts more fucking, I hate you, than a, my nigga, it, so I'm coming in the room, a nigga used to be on the radio. I, you know, that that opportunity was, uh, it was a big deal to me, Pop. but I'll tell you something. I watched you use that in everything because you didn't just give me opportunity. You gave Jesse West opportunity. You gave, uh, I remember you, I don't know if you remember, you gave Fat, was it Fat Doug? Uh, no. Tony Doe Fat. Like you gave a lot of people. Supercat. Super cat. You gave a lot of people who had who had talent, but didn't know people to 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 do. It. And I I put myself in that category. Like I didn't I didn't know people. So it was a it was a great feeling to be. And it carried over into like I said, Craig Mack being someone who you could have easily said, yo, he kind of been out already. You know, fuck mm-hmm. it. You know, to to take that chance. And I'm gonna tell you something else. Even Easy Mo B producing that record. You know, and Moby, I love you, but his group, fun, uh, rapping is fundamental, was had was no longer successful. They were ahead of their time in Mr. Mark. So you had a song from Craig Mack produced by Easy Moby. The underground niggas was loving it. Yeah, yeah. they was like, this is, and it, and then it turned Shout out. Shout out to, to Moby. He was probably one of the greatest producers I ever worked with. Like you know what I'm saying? As far as like, he really gave birth to that bad boy sound. You know what I'm saying? When did when did when did Bad Boy ever, if at all, become not fun? When, when, like, when, when did you? When did it become? Because I remember the fun and that. Yeah, yeah March 9th. So when when yeah. Biggie when Biggie passes, when it yeah, changed yeah, yeah, yeah. for you. Before Biggie passed, were you contemplating? Was this? Would they been a solo album? Regardless, were you were you thinking about yeah. making an album yeah, while yeah. Biggie was alive? It was already on the schedule. It was, it was called Hell Up in Harlem, but a lot of records were already done. If you remember, when Biggie was alive, he was in the Candle by Hold Me Down, and, oh, and, and also on Victory, and 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 you know the Benjamins had just. So dropped. Benjamins was gonna be yeah, yeah, on I, I on was, your yeah, on. I was I, as an artist on the label. I was gone, 
You know what I'm saying? Okay, you you were gonna happen. Yeah, Biggie was my manager. You know what I'm saying? Biggie was my manager. This is real talk. Money always gonna get Yeah, and it's like, can't nobody hold me down. And Benjamin's, that was the AB side. Those joints was banging every single day. Big didn't even have a joint out. Big didn't have a joint out when 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 I put out Can't Nobody Hold Me Down and the Benjamins. Oh, and because Big wasn't was on the working, Benjamins yet. He was too. working on yeah. He was working on the Benjamins yet. He was working on Life After Death. You okay, know what I'm okay, okay, okay. That's right. That's right. That's right. I remember where you broke Benjamins. It was it wasn't it wasn't How Can I Be Down. It was it was a uh, like a Gavin convention or mm-hmm. it was it was. It was something. Biggie wasn't on the verse. The vinyl was nasty, and it was low. Was it Jack the Rapper? It was one of those. And I remember uh, your guy gave him out to everybody before we went to the... to the. And by the time we was at that fucking convention, the instrumental niggas would throw that shit to the top for like 30 minutes before that, yeah. before that, would, before that would come in. You know that... We had never seen a record ring that hard. Mm-hmm. Maybe Eric be for president. Man, it's, it's still the most played record in hip hop. If you think about it, no matter where you at, country, mm-hmm. wherever you at, well, you know, um, one of the definite go tos that they got to touch at that night is the Benjamins. That rock and, version was pumping too. Yeah, so it, it, you know, that was a blessing. A shout out to the Locks, and it was just it, re- it really kind of. Like, like that's one of the rec- records that really exemplified Bad Boy. Like, mm-hmm. you hear it, the sound, the feeling it gives you, the way it makes you feel. That's that's that Bad Boy feeling. When so, of course, March 9th happened, and, and and Biggie passes. Like, you know, I I I'll be honest, Pop. I always want to apologize for you. Something I'm gonna take my time out mm-hmm. and apologize to you now. Okay. Um. I'm gonna take a little sip of this deli yes. on y'all. You know, try this deli on. Make sure I know for me, and I I don't know if there was other people, but I could speak for myself and say I definitely didn't give you a moment to breathe, mm-hmm. because we were so used to you being machine puff, you know. So even though you was going through something yeah. in your life, I still took it different as if I was going because I'm like, well, he's fifty times stronger than me, so I can. I can bug him and call him or, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and I, I know I was doing that. Yeah. I, I absolutely know I yeah, was yeah. like on you. Were a lot of people on you like that after yeah, because, you passed and kind of like, because I felt you didn't get a moment to to breathe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I didn't take, I didn't really take that moment, you know, because um, I, I wasn't, I was in like such a troubled state in place, mm-hmm. you know, um, that that making the missing you record that that was that was my therapy and then to be honest i had had made something that had went and then took me on a whirlwind and i was able to to, to kind of suppress you know like 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 the grief and try to turn it around into um really preserving his legacy and so that gave me the momentum but but then to be honest like the party was over there was parties there's a lot of fake smiling in the party. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, just, you know, just just pushing through. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of there was a lot of good times. You know what I'm saying? But you know, then when you like, you know, wake up in the morning or you by yourself or you, whatever it is, you, you like you like, damn, you know, something, you know, this, you know, it, it don't feel the same without him being here. You know. So so now so you didn't really come down until, maybe so you because I remember you doing your touring. I remember you. I remember you. You went back to the garden, not mm-hmm. but not back, but 
you know, I know people now, you know, it's funny sometimes I look at people and they, and they have the Barclays and they have the garden and they have the jersey. But when you went to that garden, correct me if I'm wrong, the last hip hop artist before that felt like Beastie Boys or yeah. Public Enemy before yeah, that, like, like that, which would have to be maybe seven, eight years prior. Yeah, they, they they had a hip-hop fundraiser there, I think, that big and all of us touched. I, for, I forgot it was for something. And they had Bobby Brown. Okay. When Bobby Brown had, he brought Tupac and, and Biggie out. So it was like, people were touching the, the garden stage, but they wouldn't really allow hip-hop, um, you know, acts in What there. did that I, mean for you? I remember you excited, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, what it meant was like, you know, I, it w that was one of my secret dreams. When I went to watch Run DMC there for the Fresh Fest, I remember sitting and I would run told everybody to throw up their sneaker and you see, you know, 25, 30,000 people putting up their sneaker because it was definitely an extra 10,000 know, on top of whatever seats there was when the Fresh Fest came mm -hmm. out. And it was just like, I was like, I don't know what that is, but I want to do that. I want to entertain people like that. And I found my, my, my niche that, you know, Big put me on to was, was P.T. Barnum. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're almost like the ringmaster. You know what I'm saying? Like you... It's, it, but it feels different when you're orchestrating and bringing them out and kind of narrating the story. And so that, you know, that basically was was a dream that I had. So a secret dream that I that, that I had. And, you know, um, it, you know, it came I got the opportunity and it came true. You did a couple so, nights. Yeah. Yeah. So to be in the garden, I'm looking at the seat that I was at when I first had the dream. And I'm like, Nuts. I'm, I'm suspended in the air. Ninety seven. What year are we in? Yeah, they like. They, they're like beating, this is when the chairs and the stomping is in the arena. And they like, you know, bad boy. Or they just like, you know, you chin. Know, like, like it was just, you know, the it, whole it, it was surreal. industry. Yeah. That, like, yeah. you came to the radio the, the, the day before that week. Mm. When I, t you, the whole industry was looking and watching. And you know something? I'll tell you something. And they were rooting. Yeah. Because they knew. If you brought that in there right, mm. that was opening that door yeah. that's been closed for, I mean, for years that door was closed. Yeah. I, I ain't going to lie. The only reason why I'm here is because of really the support of the industry. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We compete with each other a lot, but we like a tight-knit group. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and uh, you know, a, a lot of people really kind of, you know, came. They Yes, they was watching to see. You know what, what was going to happen in the in the in the you know the Gladiator Arena. Kid, Kid he, Capri was on that tour too. I remember yeah, he was tearing it down in that bitch. Without a doubt, it, shout out to Kid Capri. It, you know, you know, is he going to survive? But it's like you know, um, the industry time after time, like you know, had my back, and especially like you know, New York City. So that 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 helps you get up off the floor. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And um. You know, it, it it really helped, and then we went into another phase and another era of Bad Boy. Um, but just like how they say, when you see the movie, all, a lot of this is tied into the movie. You know what I'm saying? These these really ain't no old head stories. If you, if you're out there listening, give them official. And, 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 and you know, and 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 listening, it's it's just trying to give give you all a taste. Cause I don't really sleep in the trophy room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what I what I did, that's what I did. And what I'm doing right now, mm. what I'm doing right now. And I'm gonna put it on them, just like the way I've been putting it on them. You know what so, I'm saying? And and I like in the but, movie, but, the, but, but the, I want to be the energy you put out. Because I remember you, 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 unless I don't see it anymore, your energy's different. Yeah, yeah. Like you were a different. Uh, you're yeah. aggr you're aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like a little quieter, aggressive now. Yeah, I remember yeah. it 90s you a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
You were raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was real raw, real hip hop, real obnoxious, real young. No, real underdeveloped. We all like a work in progress. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And um, you know, and it, it wasn't bad. You know what I'm saying? It, it was real New York. It was like the definition of if a New York cat really, really got some power and some money and really knew what to do with it. So you can have some money, you, you don't, you may not know how to spend it, boys and girls. See, I know how to spend this money. I know what yacht to get, mm -hmm. what plane to get. I know what, what school to send the kids to. I know what donation to give. I know what, what school to open in Harlem. I know, I know, I know how to diversify. Like, you gotta, you gotta understand, like, it was made for me. Speaking the of ball, listen to me, Flex. Yes. The ball was made for me. Made for you to have it. And I stepped right in it. You never gave it back. The ball. You said the ball, right? So you just mentioned school. What mm -mm. school? What 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 mm -mm. um what what elementary school did you go to? Mm -mm, never gave it back. You never gave it back. <laughs> what what elementary school did you go to? Uh, I went to like Montessori school. Where's that? Um, that was up in Mount Vernon. Okay, and then um. Junior high, where'd you go? Um, school called Our Lady of Victory. I know exactly. What yeah, yeah. I would actually. I, I mean, I was a quiet kid. All I used to do is walk around and, and, and think you went about to Saint, my dream. You went to Saint Michael's. Was it Saint Charles? Um, um, at elementary school, I went to Saint Charles Barmail, Saint Charles here in, in in Harlem. Okay. And then I went to Mount Saint Michael's um, Academy. For in high Bronx, school. For high school, yeah. Which was an all boys school at the time. Yeah, yeah, and it made me a. Beast. I lived two blocks from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Dorema Avenue. No, 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 no girls. You were focused. That, that, that's the first time I, I met Jennifer. Okay. She went to Ursula. I don't, wow. You know what I'm saying? So, wow. Like, if you go to all boys school at three o'clock and you try to run to the nearest all girls school. <laughs> Did you so like Puff at this time? I mean, where are some of the places that you went? I mean, did you do Latin Quarter? Yeah, you did yeah. Union Square. Yeah, yeah I did. I, you know, um, you know. So you used I, to listen I, I to Red Alert at these places. Yeah, man. I mean, no, I would go and meet. You know, Red Alert. At, you know, at, at at Union Square. You know what I'm saying? Like I was trying to, I was trying to carry Red Alert's crates. Chuck, chill out. Whatever I could do to get in the game, I was there from the beginning. The door. If, 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 I, I don't know if the Decepticons would have got a record and they told me to go steal some polo off something. I may have did that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was down for whatever to get in the game. You know, I, yo. If you look at, remember that Tribe Called Quest T-shirt. Or the, or the album cover with all the faces on there. You're on it. Oh. I'm on there. I'm not. I don't even have a record. Yeah. I don't even have a job. What you brought that up? I looked at that album cover the other day. I looked at that album cover the other day, and you know, I put it in perspective. But what it was is Puff was so burning hot in the streets. It was like it was wild. It ain't make no sense. Like I'm, <laughs> we're not from the same neighborhood. It was just I was always in the right place. Hey, y'all, they was having a photo shoot for the album. Somehow you, I was there. You ushered them in, though. <laughs> you know, in in first you, you personally, because yeah. you were into Tribe. Yeah. You know they, the music was great, and Tribe was making great music, but they could have easily gotten pushed to the artists of the 90s that didn't transition into the new era. Mm -hmm. But like even at the club, you had them at the club a lot. I, mm -hmm. You had Q-Tip and, and um, I'm, I'm, you had I'm, them DJing. But I'm gonna tell you who that was, that that definitely was Chris Lighty, you know what okay, I'm saying? Okay, okay. I mean, Chris knew those moves to make, you know what I'm saying? Like I met Chris was when it was a brawl in MKs. <laughs> MKs. Yeah, MKs, yeah. So, I'm going to so, tell yeah. you that, bro. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a Queen Latifah party. Yeah, it was Queen Latifah's <laughs> party. And 
I'm gonna keep it a buck. And Chuck Chillout was giving a lot of weird energy at the door. <laughs> and it might have been Capri playing. I remember that party. Yeah. It was Jessica. It might have been Jessica's. Yeah, Jessica's it was party, Jessica's yeah. party. Yeah, I remember it was a big that party was a big deal. I remember and it was a little that's so that's where that's where Chris was. Is that the first time you and him yeah, met? That's the first time me and him really got together. Okay. Because okay. we was fighting shoulder to shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Listen, this this is going to be the first time uh, um, we got a story to tell. This is going to be part one. Yeah, because I'm going to stop here, right? Yeah, so just so you remember, we're stopping in ninety. Where we stopping? Four. No, we 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 got to tour. We were like we're like ninety six. Nine, we're like ninety six, right. ninety seven, right, ninety six. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. After. after the big's passing. Yeah, we are. We are there. We there. We there. So when you come back again, yeah, yeah, because it gets deep. It gets deep. I, I don't even want to. I don't. I can't even mess that right yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 check it out. If y'all go see the movie, you know what I'm saying. Go watch it. it. But check this out. Also, everybody that's at home saying, but I don't have Apple Music. I don't want to feel like paying for it. I got the hustle for y'all. The first three months free. Okay, if you don't like it, then you don't got to renew it. I'm not telling you not to do that. I think you're going to like it and renew it. But right now, you need to see the movie. So go type in your information. They got your information anyway, all right? Mm -hmm. And just be able to see the movie for free. It's there to inspire you, you know what I'm saying? That, that That's really what it's about. And, you know, it's important for me to come up here and at the same time, you know, reminisce and all that. But, you know, I'm talking about right now, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm living in... I'm living in real time, and 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 I don't see any stories with any happy endings about us. I don't see any stories. At the end of the day, we still successful. We still out there. No disrespect to 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 all of the great movies that they give Oscars to, but they not giving us nothing, you know, and and not really <laughs> behind anything that that we look like men and we look like women Absolutely. and we look like we can stand on our own two feet and we can get ours if we work hard and that's what it's about so to all the hustlers all the, to the lovers out there everybody that at the end of the day is trying to work and be somebody or even need some inspiration because a lot of people are like I don't know what I want to do with my life you know what I'm saying watch the movie and hopefully it inspires you it's a great movie yeah. and it, you know very good very the inside is nice to see and I'm going to tell you something Puff uh because you know what, like how you said you and Mary have had up and downs, and you know what, I am glad that I've had a relationship with you long enough to even have some up and downs yeah, with you, yeah. my brother. And it's That's nice, right. and it's nice to see you in twenty seventeen. Right. You know, you've inspired many of us from afar. Almost every movement that's come out of this city can be some way traced back to a bad boy, a Def Jam, and all the things that came through, and. So, you know, you are appreciated. Thank, Thank you for everything. You. Thank you very much. And and I'm humbled and I'm blessed and I'm 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 appreciated that you know New York has supported me so long at Hot 97 and just thank you to all the fans and, and all the prayer warriors that have prayed for me through my ups and downs and just everybody in New York that's just just always, you know, been there for support, you know, and um Thank y'all very much. So part 2 will come eventually when I get puff up here again. Can't stop, won't stop. Apple Music right now, July 7th on iTunes. Let's get it. I need the mics to come back on. Come back on. Come on. Because I need... This is, this is a glorious... Ladies and gentlemen, y'all may know me for many things, but I am the guy that got LL to take off his hat. That's how persuasive I am. 